I am the resurrection and the life, says the Lord. Those who have faith in me shall live, even though they die. And no one who lives and has faith in me shall ever die. We meet together this afternoon to worship God and to celebrate the life of Moira Wells, who's gone on before us into the world of God's eternal light. We can be glad for her that she now feels no suffering, no pain, but we feel the sadness of the parting. Death is always something of a mystery. But whenever it comes, it is never the end. It's always a beginning. We of the Christian faith believe that Jesus went down into the darkness of death, but he came back from it, bright shining like the sun. In glorious day, in full strength, it is because of this faith we can understand that we can follow him through that door of death into a life, a life of perfection, a life of peace, the life of God himself. As we gather together this day, as we meet as family and friends and neighbours, let's come before the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, you have not made us for darkness and for death, but for life with you forever. Without you, in death we have nothing to hope for. But with you we have nothing to fear. So speak to us now your words of eternal life. Lift us from any anxiety or guilt to the light and the peace of your presence. And set the glory of your love before us. Through Jesus Christ our Lord our Saviour. Amen. Let us sing together of the strength we find and the hope that we, we have in the Lord. O oh Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder how great thou art.
Everybody. For those who do not know me, I am Moira's little sister. So that puts me in the privileged position of having known her longer than any of you here. She loved to tell me how our grandmother came to her one day and said, Moira, you have a baby sister. And what a special dear sister she was. I cherish the memories of her and I cherish the happy memories of our childhood in the beautiful Scottish borders. Of course, our lives later on took different paths due to work, to travel and marriage, but she was always my lovely big sister. Moira loved the trees, the hills, the rivers. So I've chosen to read that wonderful song of ascent, of assurance and hope of God's protection day and night. So I read now from Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the mountains. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slumber. He who watches over you will not slumber. Neither, indeed, he who watches over Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord watches over you. The Lord is your shade at your right hand. The sun will not harm you by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all harm. He will watch over your life. The Lord will watch over your coming and your going, both now and forevermore. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. We're going to have some memories now um, from Mike, which will appear. Moira was born and brought up in the Scottish borders, not far from where our minister Keith comes from. Her father was a poultry farmer, and as well as, as thousands of hens, also had several other farm animals, including goats, cows, and at least one horse. There were also many cats, which Moira loved. I recently found an old photograph showing Moira as a child, riding, not a horse, pony, or donkey, but a cow. She always loved cows, particularly highland cows. Moira was brought up in the Christian faith, which always meant a great deal to her. She started school in Ashkirk Village School and Selkirk High School before moving to boarding school in Edinburgh, where she qualified for entry to St Andrews University. We met as university students from St Andrews and Durham when we were both working during our long vacations at a canning factory in Blairgowrie. On the Saturday evening, the St Andrews group organised a Scottish country dance evening with Jimmy Shand records on an old wind-up gramophone. Moira asked me to be her partner for the Gay Gordons, which fortunately I knew. I later asked if she would like to join me for dinner the following Saturday 
at a local restaurant, and that was how we met 70 years ago. Moira was passionate about being Scottish. How she could ever fall in love with and marry an Englishman, I will never know. She did once say, however, that me being a Yorkshireman was not quite so bad. We had 66 happy years of marriage together. We were married in the St Andrew's College Chapel and flew to Paris for our honeymoon. On returning, we rented our first home in Maidenhead. It was just a one-bedroom furnished flat and we moved after a year to a house which we rented from my employer. We really enjoyed furnishing it, but our greatest joy was the birth of our daughter, Lindsay. Moira gave up any thought of teaching to bring up Lindsay herself. After a few years, we bought our first house in Twyford, near Reading, in which we lived for several years before moving to Shiplake, near Henley-on-Thames. When Lindsay started school, Moira returned to teaching and got a job in Shiplake Village School, which she really loved. One reason why she particularly loved this job was that the head teacher and her sister, who was the only other teacher, were both Scottish from the Isle of Skye. Moira was incredibly generous Apart from regular payments to a range of charities, I remember when the top class of Shiplake School were going on holiday to Belgium and Holland. One of the children in the class could not go because her parents couldn't afford the cost. So Moira paid for her to join the rest of the class on this holiday. We adopted Sandra, our second daughter, as a baby. And again, Moira gave up teaching to bring her up. Although we were very happy in Shiplake, I was made a very good job offer, which would require yet another house move. And so we moved to Hadlow, near Tunbridge. Moira obtained a teaching post at Fossbank School, which was the girls' equivalent of Tunbridge School. After a few years, the owners of Fossbank School announced the closure, having had an offer which they couldn't refuse for the large area of land in Tunbridge earmarked for a housing development. The members of staff and their husbands decided to try to save the school and found an old state school building which they were able to rent. After repairing broken windows and leaking roofs, and equipping the school, Fossbank School reopened and more than half of the previous pupils returned. The staff held a secret ballot to choose the new head and Moira was chosen and ran the school for many years. It's thriving today in new premises. Lindsay announced her engagement to Nick Green and the wedding took place in the Tunbridge United Reformed Church where the minister was Norman Smith who later moved to this church in Linfield. Many here will remember him. Moira and I retired and continued travelling to faraway places. We also bought the first of our holiday villas in Spain. Thinking to the future, we decided to join with Lindsay and Nick and find a big house that we could divide into homes for both families. We bought Burwash Place in Burwash and Nick, being a partner in a building firm, oversaw the division into the two homes. Unfortunately, Lindsay and Nick were divorced and it eventually became necessary to sell Burwash Place and look for smaller and easier homes to maintain. Moira and I moved to a retirement flat in Ardingly, 
and Lindsay also bought a house in the same village. Sandra had worked abroad for the British Council for many years and she came back to England and now lives in Hove. Thus we had all been together for several years and apart from a few aches and pains Moira appeared to be in good health and we were planning our next holiday but she suddenly had a massive stroke on the evening of April 14th was rushed to the specialist stroke unit in Brighton but never regained consciousness. We sat with her for the ten days before she died peacefully on April the 24th. Thank you, Mike, for sharing the story of Myra with us. As we think of that story, we heard about Fosbank School and... Uh, what happened there with the closure and the reopening, a rebirth uh, of it with, with Moira as head teacher? So let's sing uh, the school song uh, from there. One more step along the world, I go. <laughs> hear now more memories, firstly from Sandra and then Lindsay. I would like to begin by saying how much my family appreciate that you are here with us today. We know that many of you have made long journeys and arrangements so that you could attend and it's really good to see you all. So many people that have known my mother at various times and stages of her life, a life that was thankfully a long one and well lived. Moira Winder Wells, a proud teacher, a devoted mother and wife, a lover of travel and, of course, cats. Mummy once said that she preferred cats to babies, but hopefully this didn't refer to Lindsay and I as infants. As is mentioned aplenty, 
She was fervently Scottish, despite having lived in the southeast of England for the great majority of her life. So what did she teach me? I think some of her essential qualities were her unfailing optimism, her encouragement and her absolute loyalty to her daughters. These are qualities that I try to demonstrate in my own life. What else? She instilled in me the conscious effort not to be selfish and above all to be kind. So kind was she and so wonderfully generous and giving to others. She lived her faith. She was true to what she believed in and was balanced and calm. She was so proud of her daughters and loved us dearly. She loved my work overseas, which was really interesting as I saw the Arab Spring unfold around me and she was fascinated in what I was doing because, like her, I was a teacher. She loved me being a teacher and often reiterated my own feeling that teaching could enable you to feel better because you were helping someone else. Travel was so important to her and travel she did. She wasn't bothered by expensive clothes and fancy cars and fripperies to quote her directly. Throughout her life, she visited many countries, read about the people of those lands and gave me that love that has been so key in both our lives. Like mother, like daughter. How true, how amazing. I remember her visiting Cold War Russia in 1982, and I can remember the photo of her wearing a furry hat sitting on a sleigh. My parents were celebrating their silver wedding anniversary. For her, the memorable countries were India, Sri Lanka, China, Argentina, Cape Verde, South Africa, the former Yugoslavia, Iceland, Gambia, Senegal, Jamaica and how she loved Cuba and recounted the fear of flying across the vastness of that island in an antiquated aeroflot plane which had seen better and probably safer days. For my 50th birthday present, she gave me the most special experience, a trip to North Korea and how she loved the tales I told her. She lived it through me. She was always there to help in dark moments and to enthuse when things took a turn for the better. She never, ever gave up, was always there, was always kind and saw the good in others. She believed in hard work, helped me fight my own demons and recognised and lauded both Lindsay's and my evolution. I am so glad that she knew how much I loved her. In recent years, my calls to her would be daily, always after work. And she would often ask me, have you managed another day? Moira Winder Wells, my mother, and despite not being biologically her daughter, was more of a mother than I could have ever wished for. She was the one who enabled me to know my roots because she wanted to know. I've been so lucky to be her daughter. I was very lucky to have such a wonderful person as Moira to be my mother my confidant and my best friend throughout her whole life, right up until her final day. We would talk for hours, either on the phone or in person, and my father would say, I don't know what you two find to talk about all the time. As a mother, she was very fair. She never raised her voice and her attitude was always positive. She instilled moral values into me and led by example, and as a child I felt very secure and grounded because of her. Her honesty shone through at all times. I remember the time she was shown a new baby by a passing neighbour, and instead of commenting on the less than beautiful baby, she enthused about the lovely new pram the baby was in. As I said, she always saw the positive in every situation. She was also very considerate, always put others first and never made a drama out of a situation. One year, when we were on holiday in Thailand, we went far into the jungle and spent the night on a floating raft. In the middle of the night, she felt something moving by her leg, looked under the sheet and saw a snake. In true Moira style, she quietly woke my then husband apologised for waking him up and told him about the snake. It was only the next day she was told it had been a deadly venomous 
river snake. Mum also had a great sense of fun. When I asked my daughters for their memories of their grandmother, Mo, that's what she was known as by them, they reminded me of the time one of their cuddly toys was given its own chair and silver nameplate at the Christmas table. They thought it was hilarious. As we lived next door for several years, they often popped over to see her after school for their daily eight pieces of chocolate and rationed drink of Coca-Cola. Our paths crossed a lot where school and education were concerned. Mum was a brilliant teacher, gained a lot of respect and even managed to control the naughtiest boys in the school by actually listening to them and trying to understand why they were behaving so badly. She was my teacher for a couple of terms at junior school and I remember asking her why she was stricter with me than the others in the class. Of course, I realise now she didn't want to show me any preferential treatment for my own sake. History repeated itself and I did exactly the same with my daughters when they were in my class. Another lesson learnt from Mum. As you know, Moira was very proud to be a Scot, so it was natural that she should choose to go to St Andrews University from where she graduated in 1954. She was also extremely proud that she came from a long line of ancestors who attended the university. Her grandfather, his three brothers, her great-grandfather, and so on. She was the fifth generation of her family to go there, and she was so happy to carry on the tradition. She loved every minute of her time at St Andrews, and her immense enthusiasm influenced me in my choice of university. And recently, she'd been writing to her great-niece, encouraging her to carry on the family tradition. Our paths at school crossed again towards the end of Mum's teaching career, when we both taught at the same school. And when that closed, we set up our own school, together with four other teachers and their husbands. She really loved teaching and the children, and the children loved her. She was a very effective head teacher, both with the parents and pupils. Once again, leading with a quiet, determined and positive strength. I remember when she finally and reluctantly retired, the school had a big retirement party for her. There were many positive and happy speeches thanking her and saying how she had touched so many people's lives. At the end of the evening, she stood on the stage and thanked everyone for their kind words and said it was a bit like being at her own funeral, the only difference being that she was alive. That was well over 20 years ago. Having been brought up on a farm, Mum was much happier in the countryside than in town. As a youngster, we would go for walks and she would point out all the wildflowers to my father and me and name them for us. Her love of flowers continued throughout her life and she became known for creating the best hanging baskets and pots in the neighbourhood. Even when she moved to the flat in Ardingly, she filled the balcony with flowering geraniums, primroses and various bedding plants for everyone to see. In recent years, she also enjoyed sitting in my garden and one of her favourite trips out was a visit to the garden centre to buy plants for it. To finish, I'm going to read some of the words that many of you wrote in your condolence cards and messages, which I feel sum up Mum perfectly. She was positive, enthusiastic, lovely, happy, encouraging, kind, gentle, but not soft, and I'll second that. She really exemplified a life well lived, was a force of positivity and enthusiasm, touched the hearts of many, lived out a real Christian life, took a thoughtful interest in others, had a great sense of humour, and was a very special lady. We will miss you, Mum. Lindsay and also Sandra for your sharing. Around the time that Moira went off to St Andrews, a new landmark 
appeared at the village of Ashkirk. Uh, over 750 foot high in height, uh, the mighty VHF mast that originally broadcast black and white 405 line television and now FM radio stations stands tall on a hill whose summit is already about a thousand foot. I remember as a child heading up the A7 from Langham and wondering about how the large column that reached up to the sky could jump from one side of the road to the other as we got closer to it. The answer, of course, being that it didn't jump. It was the bends in the road as the A7 skirted the hills. And it is hilly in the borders. That location was obviously chosen so that the towns of the Tweed and the Teviot and beyond would get a good signal. There would be reception. There would be something from the top of that hill that would reach out across the community. The same logic of placing video masts in the 20th century had for millennia suited places for defence. A place high up that could see far and be seen unknown from a distance. And this was the case for the city of Jerusalem. It was the last place of the promised land to be taken by the children of Israel. It was hundreds of years after the rest of the promised land had been entered when Jerusalem finally came into their possession. But once it was captured, the tabernacle was erected on the hillside, a place where God was felt to dwell among the people, among those who loved him, among those who knew him. David, the poetic shepherd boy, who by the time of writing the Psalms had become the leader of the army and then the king, looked up not simply to the hills of his childhood, the hills of Judah, but he looked up high to something different, to something special, something that put out a signal of a presence being there among the people. He looked up, not simply to see the top of a hill or a mountain, but he looked up to seek hope, true hope that could be with him. His eyes turn upwards to find the presence of God and all that could come in God's name. This is the God who is with us as we journey on the travel of life. Each step along the world that we go, God is there. Wherever we travel, wherever we roam, from on high, he sees it all through our comings and our goings. And that's for wherever in the world we might find ourselves. But God did not stay separate, but came among us, Emmanuel, Jesus the Christ, and is still with us, dwelling not simply a on the top of a hill. 
but dwelling within the heart of the believer by his Holy Spirit. God is therefore with us in our learning and our sharing of what we have learned. He is with us as we are blessed and as we bless others in their need. When we look to God, we find him as we experience the sorrows, but also the joys. We've heard of some places where Moira visited. Many they are. And God was with her. From that village in the borders around the whole earth. And whenever a question or challenge would come upon that journey of life, she knew she could turn to the God who does not slumber and does not sleep. She knew that this is a God of love who cared for her. And she showed that love not only through how she cared for her family, but in how she had compassion in her work as a teacher, trying to come alongside and encourage and see them grow. And she had it in her soft and gentle approach, though with determination, to all that she met. The Lord has watched over Moira in her life. But the psalmist tells us that the love watching over her has not now come to an end. The Lord will watch over her both now and evermore. She although 89, was a child in the eyes of God, adopted into his family and will live eternally forever in his care. Let's pray. Eternal God, before whose face generations rise and pass away, we praise you for all your servants departed this life in your faith and in your love. Especially for Moira Winder Wells, whom today we commend into your safekeeping. We give thanks for all your goodness to her. All she accomplished by your grace. All that she was to those who loved her. Forgive her her sins. And make us sure in every sorrow that you are still loving us. Sure in every darkness that you are still guiding us. And sure even in death. That you give us that hope of life evermore. We remember the love shown by Moira to those in her family, to those that she taught, those for whom she was a, a dear friend, a good neighbour, and also a sister in Christ. And we pray now for those who are left behind, particularly for Mike, for Lindsay, for Sandra, and for their family. Surround them with your love. Bring your comfort. Bring your peace. And in the days to come, sustain all who loved Moira. Each one with their own memories of the past and their hopes for the future. 
And now, Lord, we praise you that for Moira, sorrow and sickness has ended. That death itself is past. And she may live in your care. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Let's sing together of how we can trust in the Lord alone. The Lord's my shepherd, I'll not walk. Eternal God, who scatters the stars into the blackness of space, who watches when the smallest sparrow falls, and who knows the, the wonder of joy and the agony of despair, who delights in all that he has made, we give Moira Winder Wells into your care as we commit her mortal body to be cremated. Ashes to ashes, dust to dust. Putting our whole trust and confidence in the mercy of our Heavenly Father and in the victory of his Son, Jesus Christ, who died and was buried and rose again for us and lives and reigns forever. Amen. 
May the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge and the love of God and of his Son, Jesus our Lord. And may the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit be among you and remain with you evermore. Amen.